Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Morning, welcome to The Money Men. I'm Luke Stiles, and I'm here with Steve May. Good morning, Luke. How are you going? Yeah, good, Steve. I've done the intro, which is cool. It is. It's very, <laughs> very good. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been a fortnight yeah, since wow. the last quarter. Bit, bit happening. It has been um, happening. What's, uh, what has been going on? Um, well, coronavirus cases have been spiking. Seems like the Victorians are caught having some dramas down there. Yeah, um, they're uh, causing us issues, <laughs> those darn Victorians. Um, so, um, but that, yeah, that has an impact uh, on markets, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah so da- daily, depending on what bad or good news comes out of it. Yeah, and there's definitely, I think there's definitely a bit of, yeah, there's definitely that negative news filtering through and, and what that necessarily means for the economy. And I think one of the points you had here is that, the government are starting to talk down the economy a bit more um, yeah. around, you know, the potential of a second wave, and it might not be, it might not be that health scare second wave, but there's certainly that um, bubbling wave and of an economic second wave. I think. Yeah, and, and I think you know, the government's got to be setting us towards paying back the deficit that has been created. Yes. So if they talk doom and gloom, then it won't be such a shock when they announce some, uh, you know, some policy uh, stuff that uh, will affect us long term. And you know what? I mean, I think that's the price you pay. Mm. Um, I think we've been very lucky to be in an economy where, um, you know, they've attempted to keep employment active through the JobKeeper scheme. And I think yep. that just, you know, I think we in some respects we owe everyone you know we've all got to pull our weight and if it does mean more taxes I, I think that the consequence of that is not not that great in you know no. respect of people keeping their jobs it'll have, have to be done and we'll have to wear it that's exactly um, right there's well, talk of the job seeker payment being um, increased that's just talk and it's going around the traps at the moment we'll mm. have to wait and see what happens then what actually and the job seeker mm. just to claim because the job seeker and job keeper the job seeker is 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 new is new start or what, what, is, what it used to be called new start, new start. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. job seeker and those types of payments will um, potentially be increased. But, you know, watch this space. We, we don't know. Um, what's the ASX or the Australian share market been doing the last fortnight? Um, um, flat, but lots yeah. of daily movements. Been up and down like a yo-yo, yeah. doesn't it, to use a, uh, a very basic uh, term. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, look at what it was a fortnight ago and, and where it sits today, mm. it's about the same. might be a little bit up because the market was up a bit um, yesterday. Yeah, but so, in, in but, amongst there, I think I've, mm. I've seen plenty of um, headlines, market meltdown, um, ASX rebounds, best day in, you know, yeah. <laughs> 20 years. I, I, you know you know how it is. It doesn't, it doesn't um, stop the media from grabbing onto a sensational story. Yeah, huge amount of volatility. Mm. Um, we would expect that for some time, yeah. And the US market's the same. S&P 500 yeah, pretty much looks like the Australian yeah, yeah. market um, yeah. as far as you know, daily, price hourly, hourly mm. price movements. Um, yep. but, you know, last fortnight to, to, to now is pretty flat. What are we going to do today? Uh, we're just going to talk about a few tips and, and observations mm-hmm. about you know, wealth creation and money you know, for the next half hour or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, might not have time to get through everything on the list. These are things that just come across our desks uh, over the past four yeah. Um and we'll just chat through them and yeah. um, see how we go for time. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Um, remember, general advice, um, we're not taking into account your personal circumstances. Absolutely. So this is not 
formal personal financial advice. Exactly right. If you're going to act on anything, uh, make sure you're getting good advice. Professional, yeah. Yep. Professional advice. Um, well, number one on my list, mm-hmm. um, you've got your own list, but uh, number one is uh, just to have, talk about some of the common traits of people who spend more than they earn. Mm-hmm. Now, it's pretty common in Australia and perhaps in the Western world um, for people to spend more than they earn. That's very yeah. true. No, yeah. And the evidence of that, I guess, is the, the amount of um, credit card and, uh, and other yes. you know, high interest debt. It's um, the debt that people have. Yeah. Yeah. So the debt, the debt is actually the difference between what you've earned and spent. Um, that's exactly, that's <laughs> exactly right. Pretty pretty right. Pretty because at some point it's got to be repaid. That's it, yeah. So you spend, uh, you earn $2,000 for the mm-hmm. fortnight, mm-hmm. Um, you spend 2200 the 200 goes on the credit card. Exactly. Um, right. and that's, really, that's really the pattern that we see. But there are some common traits that you see um, amongst those of us in the community that, that tend to spend more than they earn. Mm-hmm. Um, and overspending is actually one of the biggest killers of wealth, obviously. Yep. You know, if, you, if you spend more than you earn, then, then the reality is that you haven't got any, any left to invest and, uh, yeah. and, and work towards the future. That's exactly um, right. So I, I think that um, there are three common things that we see amongst that group of people. One is too much house, mm-hmm. another is too much car, yep. and another is too much entertainment. <laughs> so when you narrow it down like that, it actually, it's actually quite logical, isn't it? It, um, it, it really yeah, is. Yeah. And what I mean by too much house is, um, is that... You know, Trophy hubs. <laughs> Yeah, well, traffic homes or, or the debt against the home is, uh, is, is high and tends to remain high because yep. um, you know, there's redraws to fund that overspending. Um, yep. Or you know, the house is maybe just um, really not the house that, that should be lived in because of the cost and... Uh, and, and the whatever. income that the yeah, people that are occupying it is not necessarily high enough to find, you know, continue to pay that debt. Yeah, so, so you know, that, that's one of the traits that we see is that there's, there's high... Um, home loan debt mm. um, and you know I'm not saying that's right or wrong mm. um, but it is one of the common things that we see when people are struggling with their cash flow it's interesting though because you know you talk about too much house and the implicate you know the impl- you know you imply there that it's large and an expensive house and although the debt may be affordable it's all the other costs that come with too much house yeah, yeah, higher insurance, higher maintenance, all, all all that stuff, all the additional expenses that really don't get factored in. I think in a lot of instances, and b- before people go yeah. and buy, and I suppose if you've got a, a kick-ass house, um, then you have kick-ass parties. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, you've you know, got to yeah, you've um, got to live up to the house, don't yeah, you? Yeah. So, um, so that's that's one. Um, the other one is too much car. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm probably guilty of this one um, because, you know, probably one of the only things, you know, that I do in business and the personal life that's flamboyant is uh, drive a car that's probably a bit too flash, you know. Um, but too much car generally means um, you've got debt against the car yeah. um, and those debt repayments need to be made um, yeah. and it's just a never-ending thing. Yeah. And what, what people sometimes tend to see or have, have happened mm. to them is that they get to the end of their car finance um, the car's past its use by mm. date. Um, they've still got some debt, maybe mm. a residual or something like that, and they end up having to borrow more money yeah. against the next car, yeah. um, and it just becomes a never-ending yeah. cycle. And, and one thing on that that really grinds my gears, um, 
the pun with the car there, yeah. is um, is yeah, when people. I'm a bit slow, but I got it. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay, Steve. Yeah. I'll let you off. Is when people actually build in that, and 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 I see banks encourage this, and lenders encourage this in some some circumstances, is where you know the liability might have been a personal loan for a car to begin with, that yeah. then you know they've gone and refinanced the mortgage and built the car loan into the mortgage so you get the appearance that the repayments are lower that's because that repayment is is effectively amortized over 30 years so you're paying off a car that you might keep for seven years seven years over 30 well i think it's i think the average australian keeps a car for not more than five years so so in effect you've basically overlaid the debt into a 30-year mortgage but only keeping the asset for five years potentially and then Um, you're yeah. Financing again after you know, after five that years, five years, so you're putting another so, heap of debt. So it's, uh, it's yeah. a it's a serious cycle, and it's mm. something to be very aware of. There's mm. nothing wrong with with getting the lower interest rate that could be accompanied with securing it against the mortgage. Mm. But I think it's very important to have a a repayment plan on that on that portion that is the car Absolutely. loan. Yeah, um, so increase your payments yeah, because yeah. you've increased the short short term portion of your debt. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And then the other one is, uh, you know, I've called it too much entertainment, yep. but, um, you know, we've done uh, some recent stuff, uh, blogs, and I think we've mentioned in a podcast recently something about discretionary spending. spending. So, and entertainment is one of those discretionary items. Yep. And entertainment is, you know, your beers at the pub or, um, you know, the party or... Your house or party. Your house yep. party. Yep. Or in the too big house. Yeah. <laughs> in the too much house, sorry. <laughs> um, that's, you know, it's the clothes and it's, it's yep. all the things and uh, and going out to restaurants and all, all those sorts of things that can... That, are hard to measure, yeah. Um, and if you don't keep on top of them, can get a little bit out of control, yeah. Um, so you know, if your your income is two thousand a fortnight, um, and all of your bills are up to a thousand, mm. um, then you know, really you've only got a thousand dollars a fortnight yeah. to spend on everything else. Yeah. Um, it's and if you if you're spending a thousand dollars a fortnight on going out and um, and doing those entertainment type items, mm. um, then there's nothing left. Yeah, and I, and I think the message, you know, the overarching message is, you know, too much house, too much card, too much entertainment. It's about keeping up with the Joneses. You know, people are trying to uh, impress people that they, mm. you know, don't necessarily, these people don't necessarily mean a lot to them anyway, but, mm. you know, people are trying to keep up with the Joneses. And, and I think sometimes it's just really important to just be comfortable and a reminder to be comfortable with what you've got. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be like the person next door. You don't need to be like the person across the road. Yeah. Um, you know, be be smart about your money. And, and what you'll often find, and certainly I see it in financial advice, is the person who has too much house, too much car, um, too much entertainment, uh, gives off the perception of success. But once you dig down and get under the bonnet, there's some serious issues that exist. And, yeah. you know, for the person on the outside, they may think, oh, I've only got a five grand car. Um, that person's got the you know brand new car, but the person with the five grand car may be more financially sound, much more financially sound than, than, than the person who looks successful. Yeah, that's a common common comment that, that I hear is you know, gee, we're we're struggling, mm. but um, Joe and Mary down the road, they're going on overseas trips and mm. they're driving a nice car and they've got mm. a big caravan. And how they, are they doing how it? How are they yeah. doing it? Well, what are we doing wrong? Mm. Well, the answer sometimes is actually you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I think that's yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah, so anyway, each to their own. We're not trying to preach here. Um, no. And, and everyone can run their own life the way they want to. Mm. But, but these are the things that we see amongst people who spend more than they earn. Yeah, and it's probably be, to be aware of them to help yourself navigate them a bit mm. more effectively. That's all, that's all it's about. Um, number um, two. Yeah, have you, have you got one? Well, mm. I like it. Live for the now but with an eye for the future. Mm-hmm. Live for the now, but with an eye for the future. Yeah. Right, so 
I often hear people say to me, listen, life's short mm-hmm. and we want to enjoy our life mm-hmm. um, and we want to have fun because tomorrow we may not be here. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yep. Um, but what I tend to try to point out to people is that you have all your fun now mm. and you don't pass away tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Then you're not going to have much fun later on. And that's, that's yeah. exactly right. And If you haven't got money and, and wealth to do it. And the unfortunate truth, depending on what side of the camp you sit there, mm. is statistically you're probably going to live into your, your 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. so the you know there's going to come a point where you know taking from your future self to pay for your today mm. is is going to come home to roost. And, yeah. and that's what you know. That's a summary that I often use: is you're robbing from your future self yeah. to have things today. Yeah. Now. I personally believe it is important to make sure that you have things today. Balance. Right? Yep. So there's got to be a balance. Mm-hmm. So you can't have everything today. Yep. Uh, well, no, sorry, you can have everything today, but the payoff is that you don't have everything yeah. when you're... Yeah. So what you're, what you're saying, Steve, mm-hmm. I think, is you don't want to be that person who's an absolute tight ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to, you know, you, you, you've got to live life. That's mm-hmm. why you go to work. That's why you do these things. Um, but you don't want to be that miserable, grumpy person that... Has all that money in their sixties, and you know, but had a miserable life um, mm, yeah. leading up to leading up to it. Yeah, there's a there's a story um, that I, I often tell, and a, many years ago, I met a lovely old lady mm-hmm. um, whose husband had only recently passed away, and, and this lady was in her, I think, early eighties, and she had lived a very frugal life with her husband um, to the point where she was asking whether she would have enough money to get her hair done. And, um, you know, that's common for yep. a, lot of, a lot of people. Um, so anyway, we got to know this lady and we mm-hmm. had a bit of a look at, at uh, what, what, a, what her worth was. And mm-hmm. she had no idea. Um, but her husband had passed away. They lived frugally their, their whole lives, basically. And he had an over $3 million share portfolio. <laughs> so I didn't spend any of it. Yeah. Um, I just continued to reinvest in shares and done mm-hmm. a really good job at it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, didn't get to enjoy it. No, um, and, it is, and mm-hmm. isn't that interesting that, mm-hmm. you know, because I haven't, necessarily understood it or got to spend you know reap some of the reward is mm-hmm. she's questioning whether she can afford to get her hair done yeah, yeah. so there's probably an example of, of a couple who didn't live for the now mm. um, totally lived for the yeah. future yeah. and then didn't actually get the benefit yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's exactly right so yeah. I think there's striking a balance but mm. You know, very important to delay gratification and, mm. that, and that's what we talk about you are delaying gratification because if you're bringing forward um, expenditure today, you're robbing from your future self. And a dollar spent today could have the potential to earn many times over. You know, mm. um, a dollar today in some instances, you know, over a 30 year period could be worth $100, you know, yeah. in 25, 30 years. So mm. you've got to remember that by spending today, you are robbing from your future self. But keeping in mind, there are some things that you do want to spend today and you do want to enjoy, but I think you've got to strike that balance. Yeah. And make, make them considered decisions. Absolutely, uh, Rather yeah. than just out of whim. You know, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, the importance, yeah. isn't it? It's the out, out of whim expenditure, and it's so easy to do these days with tap and pay and, yeah. you know, offset yeah. accounts that you lose track and, of. And we're bombarded with advertisements yeah. and it's targeted and yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're touching our weak spots and uh, away we go. But very good. Um, you got another one? Uh, I think you're. I mean, obviously, um, I think you're you're pretty good at explaining this one, Steve. But number our third point in here is just how do you knock some years off your home loan by mm. 
tricking yourself into paying extra off it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably I'll probably let you lead on it, Steve, because you are good at explaining this concept. Um, and then I've got some numbers around what that actually means if you do manage to trick yourself into repaying extra off your home loan. Yeah. So we all like to pay extra off our home loan. Um, some people find it difficult to do, so it's a it's a matter of getting into a habit and. By tricking yourself into paying extra off it, this simple strategy actually achieves that. Yep. So we all know what our monthly loan repayment is because that's what the bank yep. sets us up as. You know, you've got a 25-year loan term, your monthly repayments are you know, 2000 yep. or three, whatever it is. Yep. Um, so that's what gets deducted and uh, over 25 years, you're home. And that's usually payment. how it's set up by default, isn't it? It's, it's usually a monthly. Usually yeah. monthly. Um, now, I think it is actually good practice to set it up as monthly, mm-hmm. but then change it yep. and simply divide the monthly payment by two mm-hmm. and pay that amount fortnightly. Yep. Right, so if your monthly payment is $2,000, pay $1,000 mm-hmm. fortnightly. Yep. All right, so that might seem to be a bit of a waste of time or, mm-hmm. you know, just couple of fortnights in yep. a month and, you know, you're just achieving the same thing. Yeah, what does it actually mean? But you're yeah. actually not because... By halving your monthly payment and then paying fortnightly, mm. you actually pay 26 payments. Yep. And you end up at the end of the year having paid an extra monthly payment. Yep. The equivalent of an extra monthly yeah. payment. Yeah, and, 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 and the maths behind that. Mm. Um, so obviously if you're, if you're paying $1,000 a month um, over... Uh, over 12 months on a mortgage, you know, there's $12,000 of payment. But if you break it down into fortnightly, because it's 26 fortnights, you've actually yeah. managed to make $26,000. Uh, sorry, I forgot that. Yeah, no, so that wrong. If you pay, um, pay $2,000 a month, you pay $2,000 a month. 000. Yeah, I'll bring if it you, down. If to you t- pay 26 fortnightly payments of $1,000, you pay $26,000. So, so exactly to your point, yeah. you put an extra month of repayment by, yeah. you know, and, and this is where it comes into what's your budget, how do you get paid. And I think if you're paid fortnightly and you budget fortnightly, so you budget for your mortgage fortnightly, this is an absolute no-brainer because you've already built in that cost. You build it in and it becomes a habit. If you get paid weekly, mm-hmm. um, then divide your monthly payment by four yep. and pay 52 payments. That's exactly right. that exactly the same. Yep. So it's, it's not magic, but you're sort of tricking yourself yep. into just paying extra yep. off your mortgage. And, and so yeah, another way could be that you just, um, you know, at the end of the year, put an extra couple of grand in your mortgage. Mm-hmm. You, know, that you could do that, but... Yeah, there's no discipline of that, there's no, no plan of that, and no structure. And yeah. and arguably, the interest is being reduced more consistently mm. um, throughout the year. So the impact, you know, as opposed to just putting a lump sum in at the end of the month, you know, at the end of the twelve month period. Um, yeah. So simple, simple, easy one, quick win. Um, and yeah. I, I did some. I mean, I, yeah. just before we move on, I did some numbers on it, Stephen, just to, just so people have an idea. If you were for a normal um, thirty-year mortgage loan term, five hundred thousand dollars, for example, yeah. um, and don't worry about the interest rate; it's not overly relevant in, in the in the calculation. But if you were to trick yourself and begin paying fortnightly payments as opposed to the standardised monthly payment, um, you're going to save about four years mm-hmm. on on a typical. Typical thirty-year mortgage. So what would that be? 50, 60, 70 grand of interest. Yes, exactly. Guess, you know, so like that, pretty yeah. huge. And mm-hmm. and just to add on that, if you were going to going to put an extra one hundred and fifty dollars a fortnight on top of your mm-hmm. split well, payment, yeah. you're going to save just under nine years yeah. on your mortgage. So probably saving one hundred and fifty grand yeah. of interest. So yeah. little Very changes powerful. are going to have a massive influence over the uh, over that long term. Excellent.
All right, well, we might have a quick break and we'll be back shortly with a couple of other um, observations and tips. Mm-hmm. Great, see you in a minute. At Steve May Financial Services, we know how daunting the idea of seeing a financial planner can be. Bearing your financial soul to a person you don't even know doesn't sound like fun, does it? That's why we believe in being approachable and being ourselves. Our mission is to provide uncomplicated, affordable and personalised financial advice to those who normally wouldn't get it. Contact us for a friendly, no-pressure consultation to get your financial stuff sorted. Steve May Financial Services www.stevemayfs.com.au Welcome back to The Money Men, here with Luke and Steve. Okay, Luke. How are you? Good, how was your break? Yeah, good, good, good quick break, good but quick back break. into it. Yeah, quick break is good break. Um, <laughs> what have we got next? Uh, point well, you point four on here. So you've got um, and I and I will let you cover this, Steve. But I'll definitely give you some insight from my perspective. But you've got the point of buying your cars with cash. Okay, buy your cars with cash. That's a very foreign uh, concept. Mm. Um, but if you can manage to get into that habit, mm-hmm. and I confess that I don't buy my cars with cash. All right, mm-hmm. so I'll put that out there. I don't, I don't yep. do that. But if you can. Um, then ultimately you'll end up saving yourself a lot of money and mm-hmm. probably end up with um, with better cars you know, at, a, at the end. Yeah, you know, yeah, at the um, end of the... Um, but, you know, if... And this may be something that if you're listening to this podcast uh, and you don't do this and you, and you can't do this, you may be shared with your kids or um, with friends or, yeah. or, or, or family. But for your first car, so it is a good one to sort of get, get younger people yep. used to. First car, just settle for whatever you have in savings. Mm-hmm. So if you've saved $5,000 towards a car or Mm -hmm. a car deposit or whatever, buy the bullet and find a good, reliable car that will cost you $5,000. Yep. Now, that's not going to be your new Commodore or whatever car you're floating around there. It's not going to be a $30,000 car. Yeah, yeah, vehicle, yeah. But potentially it can still be a reliable car and it'll be what you can afford without debt. And this day and age, there are a lot of reliable vehicles for around that five grand mark. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's not it's not what it used to be yeah. 10, 15 years ago. Listen, even if it was three thousand or four thousand, or the number was ten thousand, you, you're going to pick up something generally that mm. will do the job. Mm. And then put away. So from that point, so you bought your you, you bought, bought your car you bought with your cash. five thousand dollar car yep. with cash, and then from that point, whatever you potentially may have spent on repayments on the the flashier car yep. or the newer car or the more expensive Theoretical car. loan. Yeah. Yeah. Just put that away. So I'll give you an example. Um, if you were to be looking to finance a $30,000 car mm-hmm. over five years, then your car loan repayments would have been about $600 per month mm-hmm. for your $30,000 yep. car. You could, in fact, just put away $500 a month and in five years, you can afford the $30,000 car. So the alternative to that is you could put away the 600 per month that you would have potentially been paying in loan repayments yeah. and manage to get yourself a $36,000 car yeah. in five years. Um, simple concept, not difficult, 
but it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because most people don't want to don't. settle for a five thousand dollar car. Yeah, and, and that's and that's really the point there, isn't it? It's um, I think there's certainly circumstances where you know people are going to require a car and they need to find it. You know, they need a newer car, a larger car, whatever it might be. Yeah. It might be for family or whatever. And they need to finance that. And you know, as you said, there's not a it's not a problem. But I think it's I think um, you know you can without a doubt if you pay cash for some of these consumption items. And let's be honest, a vehicle is certainly a consumption item in some respects. Um, you know, if you pay cash and it's just a vehicle to get you to A to B, and that's how you treat it, I mean, you're you're going to be much better off in comparison to yeah. going down the financing option. Yeah. So the common theme around this stuff is have a structure, you know, so have a plan. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not right for everyone, but uh, I, I figure that if, if we could help one person in this world mm. um, with that simple tip, mm. um, get them started that way, then they're going to be far better off. Yeah, and the, I think your point is so valid, Steve, about the younger people, because when you come out of school and you, you're coming out of uni or whatever it might be, the financial world is damn well stacked against you. Mm. And it's damn well there to, to, you know, try and take whatever whatever money you start earning in your first job. It's there to take it off you. Yeah, and, and, and there's so little financial education, education. Throughout, mm. throughout that, through primary school, yep. high school, uni. Which um, is, it's just lacking. Isn't yeah, it? so so you're you're coming out. You don't have the ammunition to make good, potentially make good decisions. Mm. And you know, it's so easy to go and buy a new vehicle, mm. to go and get a loan, go and yeah. get a personal loan. The banks coincidentally make it easy um so you know i agree with you steve it's probably for those 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 starting out it's very important to go do i need that twenty five thirty thousand dollar vehicle or can i settle with five, a five grand vehicle and mm. i can save my money much quickly and get mm. into that car much more quickly mm. um, than i think otherwise so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. So our next one that we'll talk about, um, mm-hmm. you're a whole lot younger than me and you're just starting your journey mm-hmm. with, um, you know, with uh, you know, joint earnings, etc. Yep. And it is, again, not an easy one to implement. Um, I can attest I'm definitely not implementing this at the moment. <laughs> so, and maybe it's one that people, you know, if, if you're you know, well along the journey of life, um, mm. you may, may not have done this, but it might be something <laughs> you could share with with younger people or, yep. or, or your kids as, yep. you, as you're bringing them up. But um, begin your marriage or relationship living off just one income. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Imagine if you could do that. Now, um, and this, this probably assumes that it's a relationship um, um, couple of young people mm. um, who are sort of just starting the journey, yeah, the financial yeah. journey, probably starting it together. And their overheads and costs aren't real high yet. Yep. Um, so... And it probably assumes that um, that there's one, at least one decent income earner yep. in the family. Yep. Yeah, if they're both, you know, if they're both earning above award wages, etc., then maybe um, it's even it's more, more yeah, yeah. But yep. so, if you can live off the one wage mm. to pay your bills mm-hmm. and pay for your living expenses and leave a and lead a you know reasonably comfortable you know social life. Mm. The power of saving that other wage is amazing. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at a, an early 20-year-old couple, mm. and they're managing. You know, let's just say the the wage that they're saving is 30 grand a year. Yeah. Over 40 years, that is a massive amount of money that can be 
um, put away yep. towards the future. It's yeah. and and it's interesting because it's it hits on another point. It's building that money habit in there mm. of you know forced scarcity. Yep. So you're forcing yourself to live off a lower income, and what you'll naturally find it becomes a habit, mm-hmm. and you don't spend that extra money. So once you've built that habit in, it's very hard to break it, and mm. that money that you're saving just becomes you know just almost autonomous autom- almost automatic um so i think i think there's so many cycle you know it's a re- you you're mm-hmm. tapping into the cycle psychology of people and yeah. and creating really strong money habits yeah. really early yeah absolutely because it's much harder once you start spending it to start saving it absolutely structure and planning and habit yeah um, are, the, are the key pieces there now, we're not uh, for a minute saying that everyone would be able to do that. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe but, not necessarily start off with saving it all, but, all of it, yeah, but, but maybe, maybe a percentage of it. There that says, you know, you save half of the second yeah. wage or a quarter yeah. of it or whatever it is. And it's important to probably um, yeah, make sure that you give it some thought mm. and get a bit of advice around it so that you're not leaving yourself short because any, any plan that you put in place that is unrealistic um, won't work for two years. Yeah, long. yeah, you want it to be achievable. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I could, you could almost say with certain, you know, some level of certainty that, you know, a couple in their, you know, mid to late twenties, um, starting that habit, and even if they're not saving a hundred percent of that uh, second spouse's income mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, that if they are saving some of it, that's damn well better than a lot of a lot of other people are doing, um, and you're probably on the road to saving that magic number of about twenty percent mm-hmm. of your income. Yeah. So you know, all of a sudden you're setting yourself up, you know, beautifully yeah. um, to but, just but not not have money problems in the future. That's it. Have, have some choices in the future. Yeah. You know, so you're not you're not having to work until you're seventy mm. to get the age pension. You can make some choices maybe in your fifties or sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. So yeah. No, maybe not as easy as it sounds that one. Um, but no. it would do some degree of um, you know structure and commitment yeah. um, then you know, you'll get ahead by yeah but, but I don't necessarily think it should be should be really easy it, mm. you know mm. it's it's about making sacrifices today mm. um, and, and I've heard the quote um, live like no one else mm. so you so you can live like no one else yeah good idea um, good I like that I think I, th- I think it's from the millionaire next door mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. um, but you know, it's so true. Mm-hmm. So today, you've got to live like no one else. So you're not keeping up with the Joneses mm-hmm. for yeah. in the future to live like no one else yeah, because yeah. they're all scrambling around full of debt still, and you're you're, yeah. you're taking it easy. Absolutely, <laughs> live in the future like the Joneses live now. Yeah, um, very good. There's a bit of noise here in the background at the moment. We've got some videoing going on. We do in the office. Um, so we'll try and work through that. Ah, um, okay. Next one we have. What have we got? Um, you were hitting on about edu. Oh no, I think yeah. you were just saying about educating yourself on financial matters, and you know. But I, yeah. I, you alluded to that earlier, anyway, Steve. You know, yeah. make sure you've got a plan. Make sure it's intentional. These these things that we're saying, you know, that you're not shooting in the dark. You're, mm. you're making sure they fit in. Yeah, and maybe a little bit more than that is you know spending a bit of time um, actually learning mm. um, about some of this. Educate yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So read. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's lots of information out there now. Yeah, we've we've banged on about the Money Smart government website yep. in the past. You know, maybe put aside 15 minutes a week that instead of scrolling through social media, you mm. scroll through, scroll through the Money Smart website and yeah. have, have a look and, at that. And, or, you, and you have have a look. Yeah. Or while you while you're doing the um, the vacuuming, 
have the money men podcast <laughs> in your ears, you know, and uh, get and us do that rather, big... rather than the, the rock and roll music. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have, have oh, I'm sure that's an easy sell, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know how we compare against rock and roll music when the when a vacuum is there. Yeah. Done, but I'm um, not sure people listen to rock and roll music anymore. Anyway, yeah, anyway well, so. they, they do in your way. But it, it tends to be that financially literate people tend to do better. Yeah. You know, because they're taking information mm-hmm. in and um, gradually implementing or putting in place some of the ideas that resonate with them. Yeah. So They're not leaving it up to chance. No. And they're taking some action. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. So, yeah, learn, become, become as financial literate as you can. Mm. Literate... Um, yeah, talk to a financial planner. Mm. Um, there are plenty of financial planners out there, including us, mm. who are more than happy to give of our time yep. to just talk about general things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, we can't do that all day, every day, no. um, but there is quite an element of that in what we do, and we're happy to do it. And there will be plenty of other financial planners out there who are happy to do that too. Yep. General information so that you can learn and understand about the things that you don't know yep. and the possibilities and then go from there. Yeah, I think that's um, so important. And and I, I, I said earlier that these things that we've talked about, they are hard. Um, I'll just retract that a little bit. They're not hard. They're hard to build as a habit. Yeah. And so they're, you know, so they're quite easily easily implemented. Hmm. Um they're simple, but they're not easy. Yeah, they're simple, but yeah, they're, and that's that's probably um, you know re- a really important element there. Yeah. And but but anything worth um, doing in life is generally simple, but it isn't easy. Yeah. So you want to lose ten kilos? Mm-hmm. It's simple. You um, consume less energy, uh, more energy than you, than yeah. you bring yeah, into yeah, your body, yeah. and you exercise. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's not easy. Simple. That's not, not easy. Um, yeah, so you should have a structure and a habit mm. around that. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, there are plenty of other things that we could we could mention that are simple, mm. but not easy. Yeah. If they were easy, um, then everyone would be at that level, and um, we'd want more. You know. So. Yeah, and that, yeah. And, that, and that's actually hitting on that is the want more. So um, you know, you you achieve something and. You know, yes, it's good to strive for, for more, but I think definitely in you know around the too much houses, too much car, too much entertainment, um, we get it, and then we may want more, and mm. and that and that in itself can be a trap because mm. you know you're always you're always trying to you know get to that next level, and and I think it's so important to just sometimes sit back, be comfortable in your own skin, whatever that you can apply that to any element of your life. I think um, sit back, be comfortable in your own skin, but definitely financially, and just and just you know, um, you know, enjoy it for mm. what it for what it is. You don't you don't necessarily need to strive to that next level immediately. But we're psychologically wired that that's what we you know have to do. And yeah. you know sometimes it's just we've, we've, we're going against these behavioural tendencies in ourselves. Um, you know, thinking about the now, not the future, because that's that's what you had to do. You know. 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, running away from saber-toothed tiger. You have to think about that now. The future wasn't so so important. But, the, you know, today we can think about the future. You can, and you can make a conscious decision around it. And yeah. if you do, you're going to be so much better off. Yeah. That yeah, was a bit of a tangent. Sorry, Steve. Right. We've touched on our last point. So this is our last point for the podcast episode because mm-hmm. we're nearly out of time. But um, 
This is, yeah, making sure you have a structure in place for your spending and saving. Now, we've, mm. sp- we've spoken a lot through the, this podcast around structure mm-hmm. and, um, and saving and, um, and, and, and doing things in a, in a planned way. Yeah. And any structure is better than no structure, I think. Now, ultimately, people come to us a lot and they're worried about their spending. Okay, and, and I would think that would be fair across the majority of the Australian you know, adult community mm. that they're a little bit worried about their money. Okay? So plenty, plenty of people have it in control, but a lot of people don't have it under control yep. at all. So I'm a big advocate of just trying to get people to set up a simple structure with their money mm-hmm. um, so that they don't have the stress and so they can get ahead. Yep. Um, one of those simple, well, the simple structure that, that I advocate yeah, yeah. is that basically we have any money that's being earned or generated from any source mm. go into a bank account, a hub account, we'll call mm-hmm. it. And then from that hub account, all expenditure is structured. Yep. So it may be that all the bills come out of the hub account, all right? And after we've done the initial cash flow mm. budgeting type exercise... We know that John and Mary um, each can afford or wish to have, say, $150 a week just for discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. Spend on whatever they like. No visibility or reporting around that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got your 150 bucks, you spend it on, your, on whatever you want. Whatever you want. Um, then coming out of the hub account might be a, another weekly amount, say, or fortnightly, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. Um, that perhaps goes into a holiday account mm. or a holiday and savings for a car account yeah. or, or something like that, whatever yeah. it is, is that has been identified as being a Yeah. Um, and then another amount that might come out on a weekly basis might be the amount that is being invested. Okay. So it might be the share fund that you've got, got up or that might be the money that's regularly going into a kid's savings account or it yep. might be um, yeah, something, something else that's yeah. going on. So, um, yeah, I think that's so important. So you're just saying, Steve, sort of building those, building those saving structures before you spend or, yeah. and, and, get, it, and get, it, get that money allocated. Yeah, and I think, think even the most important part of those structures is the personal spending bit. Yeah, there's money there to mm-hmm. spend on whatever you like. Mm-hmm. But once you use it, you've got to wait yeah. till next week or yeah. next fortnight. You, you've created a psychological cap. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in yeah. some respects, a physical cap, but also mm-hmm. a psychological cap there yeah. to yeah. say, hey, here's what you can spend. Yeah. Um, because yeah. when you don't have that um, that barrier or guideline, mm-hmm. um, you, it's very easy to go, oh, I spent $200 this week or 250 yeah. Yeah. or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent less last week, or I spent less the week before, and, you, and it, it's the re, you know the reality is you can't track it that that effectively. Yeah. Very, so the psychology of it is very interesting. I, you know, I've worked with couples where they get their hundred and fifty dollars a week, mm-hmm. and um, and one of the couple is always waiting for the next week. Yeah. You know, he or she is always <laughs> spending, yeah. and then the other the other member of the couple, um, the other he or she. Mm. Um, they're saving it, mm. you know. So uh, you know, they might spend fifty of it, mm. and they're saving a hundred. And the other, and the other person saying, no, "That's not fair." Yeah, <laughs> but they yeah. just have different ways. Of yeah, well, ways their, of their doing discretion it. Of spending. Mm. So anyway, the, you know, we can provide lots more information about how that structure yeah, looks. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, all you need, all people need to do is reach out. 
But and I think that'll do us for today. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So we've run, rattled through a number of different uh, things there, some, some issues that we come across, some tips. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if anyone has any questions, just yell out through yeah. our, our website. Especially um, about these that were talked about. You mm-hmm. know, if you've got any particular questions about what we've talked about today, then, you know, we'd love to hear questions. Yep. Don't forget to share the podcast. Yes. Um, yell out to your friends and let them know what uh, is out and about. Yep. And uh, leave a review if you can. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, that's us for another fortnight. See you later. See you guys. Bye.